So let's everybody warm up, get to it. Hello, hello. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to Seeker. Season 2 is Mercy and Fire. We're going to discuss eight specific verses that walk us down the path to salvation. Our hope is that we can show how simple the plan really is to understand. But that doesn't mean it's easy. What do you want, man? I got a little. Whoa. This, I got a, there you go. Candy, man. I got, I got a little bit of, what do you want? What do you want? I got some... Oh. Candyman came to town. <laughs> the Candyman can. Didn't, didn't, even, didn't even slow you down. You're like, oh, 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 hello there, Mr. Skittle. <laughs> oh, ain't that lovely? All right, Galatians 2.20. Do it. You're good at this. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me, and gave himself for me. And I can't read that without singing the song in my head as I do it. No, right? That's why I was dancing <laughs> It's <earlier>. like <laughs> impossible. So transition us out from uh, Acts 2.38, which we did last week, and uh, segue back into this this guy here. And this is the last of the eight verses. This is it like, is. This, this, is, is. this is the boom moment. You've been waiting for the boom. This is when the thunderclap claps. <laughs> Because all these uh, seven verses before kind of culminate here into the statement. So, do you want to transition us out of Acts 2.38 into this one, Daniel? Well, Leah, let me do that by way of Romans 6. Because Acts 2.38 clearly demonstrates the need for baptism in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. Romans 6 talks about that process as... A spiritual, being spiritually buried with Christ. You join with him in his death through baptism, and then you rise up in newness of life. You're referring back to Romans 6, 23, which was... No, no, no. This is Rom- This is earlier in Romans 6. This okay. is like Romans 6, okay. 2, 3, 4, 4, five. 4 yeah. through 7, something like that. Um, but that that spiritual significance of baptism is that we join Christ in his death. That's when he takes away our sins. That's when we come into contact with his blood. That's when we are when we when we come up out of baptism, when we come up out of the water. That's when we have a new life. And what Paul's saying here in Galatians 2 and verse 20 is that once we are crucified with Christ through baptism, that he's telling us what that new life is. And what that is, is every single day, Christ lives in us. And we live our lives by faith. We don't live our lives anymore the way that we used to, according to you know, the wisdom of the world. We live by faith in Jesus. And we do it because he loved us and he gave himself for us. So that's that's sort of the end 
process of the that's the end goal of the what a terrible expression conversion experience you realize that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God you go through all the understanding that we talked about you come to an acceptance of the need to confess Jesus' name to repent of your sins to be baptized in his name for the forgiveness of those sins that's when you're crucified with Christ and everything after that (laughs) that's walking by faith in the son of God who loved him who loved me and gave himself for me so that's why I wanted to end with this verse is because it's what happens next and it's what happens next every single day of our lives is that we walk in newness of life every day by faith. Does that make sense? Yeah. Perfect. Julian's got some stewing on over there. I'm just thinking. Yeah, thinking. Just thinking. It's important to to note that the process of God's righteousness being imputed to us, although upon repentance and baptism that's instant. The process that we go through where it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, is, is it's a process. And, and it's not that, you know, Acts 2.38 says the gift of the Holy Spirit is what we get uh, in baptism. Um, but the process of making sure that it's Christ who lives and it's Christ who talks and Christ who walks... Um, in our bodies instead of us that is a that's a tough process and um, and that's part of repentance you know that's that's what in acts uh, 238 you know that's that's what Peter told them they said what do we have to do to be saved he says repent and be baptized like change and this is a part of that change it's the process of uh, just kind of cleaning ourselves out. And just backfilling it all with Jesus and just letting Jesus take over and Jesus run our lives. Um, and it's just it's just uh, fairly difficult. Um, but the cool thing is as you as you ref, like reflect on the Word of God and um, I get Romans 12 talks about this a lot. The more you think about it, this is exactly what you want to happen, right? Because if we go back to John, what Jesus was saying is, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Through this process of conversion, we're beginning to realize that who we are and how we've done things and how we've conducted our lives is just not going to work. In the economy of Jesus, like it just doesn't work. And we figured out that we need to step out of the way and let Jesus take control. So by the time we come here, we get that we, we need to remove ourselves out of here and we just need to let Jesus be in us and flow through us. And, you know, that sounds so, like, kind of cloudy. It's like, what does that mean? What does that mean in a daily walk and in our daily lives? And, you know, I, I think it's it's looking through everything kind of with the what would Jesus do bracelet on. hate to be really <laughs> gimmicky, but it's true, you know. It's... It's how am I going to treat my wife, you know? I've always treated her this way. Well, 
What does the Bible say about Like, what does Jesus say about how you should treat your wife? Well, he says you should love her like he loved the church and he gave himself for it. And he was willing to die for it. Well, that changes everything, mm-hmm. right? changes everything. Mm-hmm. Like last night we were talking about, how do I treat my neighbors? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I treat my neighbors like I always treated my neighbors. What's going to change now that I'm a Christian or now that I've, oh, well, actually, you treat your neighbors like yourself. What? Yeah. Like, but my neighbors are really bad. Exactly. Like, <laughs> my neighbors are bad. Yeah. So what do you do with that, you know? Yeah. Does it mean tomorrow you just automatically start treating your neighbors better? Yes. Does it mean that you're going to mess it up? Yes. <laughs> like, right. yeah, you know, it means you're probably going to kick the garbage can over. You're going to do bad, you know, you're, you're not going to behave <laughs> no. the way you should. Sometimes they do. do. They kick my can. No, I'm just kidding. My neighbors are great. And sometimes they actually take my can in. Which maybe I should take theirs. That's right. their way um, of hinting that, like, got, well, somebody's yeah. got the idea a little <laughs> yeah. better, you know. Yeah. Well, the garbage kind of was picked up three days ago and his can's still out there. <laughs> Let me get it off the street for him. Help him out a little bit. Losers. <clears throat> but it's a process, you know. But when you step back and you start thinking about how you're going to live your life now um, through Jesus' goggles, Everything changes. I'm just thinking about things right now in my own life. I'm like, oh, man, I never even thought about that. Like, I should think about that. Mm-hmm. That's Christ living in us and not us living in us. Yeah. Well, that's the transition, right? You know, um, being baptized, uh, like we talked about in Acts 2.38, you know, and having, um, uh, you know, Jesus Christ, you know, being baptized in his name for the remission of sins. Um, you know, that's an action that we take to show um, you know, to f- to follow the commandments, you know, and we saw, you see, all, you know, we talked about this, I think, last episode, but you know, there's a lot of examples of people that said, oh, okay, now what prevents me from being baptized, and they all did it, so, but, you know, where we're trying to end up on this final verse here is that the scene changes. Now it's not, what do I do, but now it's, what is Christ going to do through me? Mm-hmm. You know, so the conversation is just spun, and that's the conclusion here, is it's not really about us anymore. Right. You know, and it's never been about us. <laughs> and we're not going to remember that, because we're humans. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's that lesson in humility, you know, to think it's not about us, it's about, you know, how do how do we portray Christ in us? And I think that goes to what you were just saying, Julian, too, about, you know, when you read you know, how do you treat your neighbor? Well, you love your neighbor as yourself. So that's what Christ wants us to do. That's Christ living in us. If we can execute that, then that is Christ living in us, and we're reflecting that. You said that now it's about what Christ does through us, not what we do ourselves. I haven't necessarily thought of it in those words, but doesn't that make you think about life with way more confidence than you previously had. Like, you don't think about, if, if you really think about it like that, you don't think about the the uh, homeless person, I'm on that kick, the homeless person that's there, you're like, I don't really want to approach them. Uh, but if it's Christ living through you, and you're just waiting, you're looking at what Christ will do through your life, then there really is no fear in that. Right. Just boom, go do it. Because you, you know what you should do. Mm-hmm. You know what Jesus would do. Right. But if it's us, there's apprehension. There's 80,000 excuses, right? Yeah, fear of rejection. Exactly. Right. Um, yeah, I'm glad you said it that way. It's, I think we live a life with much more hope and much more confidence. But confidence in Jesus, let me be clear. Not confidence in our own abilities. Right. 
but confidence in his his ability to work through us because we know that promise is for real and we know that for a child of God we're really repenting and giving ourselves up to this that he is going to work in our lives period I mean there's no doubt about it he bats he bats a thousand on this unlike the Cubs <laughs> Daniel yeah. went silent yeah I'm just no just, there's like Seven different ways I want to go here, and I'm trying to figure out which one just do the to best. take first. Do just the best pick one. one, and we'll get the other six right. after that. So, along with... Not that one. <laughs> pick the other <laughs> Well, along with what you said about, you know, you get to the point of baptism, and then everything changes. And this is sort of about, not to tease the next season, but Ooh. the parable of the sower, mm-hmm. where we well, see... We can't do this parable, though. We're not going to do it now, but we're just going to see... You know, kind of what we've been talking about is getting the seed out there. And so it's up to the listeners how they take that in, right? It's up to whoever it is that you're talking to about the gospel in whatever context you're doing it, like how they're going to assimilate it, what they're going to do with that. Mm-hmm. The reason I wanted to bring up Galatians 2.20 is to make it very clear that if you accept what the Bible teaches about the plan of salvation. That we all start from a sinful state, and to get out of that state, there are certain things we have to do. There's things the Bible lays out for us. We have instruction. So if you accept that, and you follow through with that, and you obediently follow the will of God in this process, it doesn't end there. It starts there. And from then on, we are living in Christ. We're living by faith. We're doing the will of God every day to the best of our ability as we continue to learn that more fully. And there's this fantastic prayer that Paul makes in Ephesians, beginning in Ephesians 2 and 14, where he says he bows uh, his knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus and he prays for the Ephesian church that they be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. He prays that Christ may dwell in their hearts through faith, that they may be able to comprehend the width and length and depth and height and know the love of Christ. And then he says in Ephesians 3 and verse 20, that to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. And this goes to what you were both saying, is when we live by faith, it's his power that's at work. It's his wisdom that's at work in us. It's his will that we're trying to do. And when we're doing that, as we grow in that, as we get better at that, as we mess up at that, that it, we need, that's what we need to recognize as we live the rest of our lives by faith. That we've been crucified with Christ. That it's Christ who's living within us. And what we really need to do is, like you said, get out of the way as much as we can so that he can shine through. Yeah. And, and we should admit then that it may not always look like... It may not look how we think it's going to look. And 
what you just said is all completely right. And we, because earlier you said it's, it's so much of the key about this is living in faith. And if we do what you said and we live in faith, it's it's going to end up looking different for all of us. Mm-hmm. It just will. Yours is going to look completely different. I think about, and I know you could be like, well, they weren't in this dispensation. I get it. But think about like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. Um, that walk or those, that act to stay obedient to God. So there were three people who were um, under the tyranny of, you know, a, a pretty evil in, individual, right? Um, who said, look, if you don't bow down to this statue that I have, that you will be thrown into a fiery furnace. And they did not bow down. And because they chose not to bow down, they were thrown into a big furnace, and it was super hot because the guys who threw them in got incinerated, like extra hot. They should have died. They did not. But before they go in, you know, they had the opportunity to recant, and they say, we will not bow down to you, O king, we won't do it. We're only going to worship God. And they said, look, he he can and he will deliver us. But if he does not, that's okay, right? So they go through all this and that you would go, man, that's living by faith. Like that, that looks rough. But, you know, then you could find another example of somebody who lived by faith, right? Like Lydia and her life didn't seem to be one where she ended up in a fiery furnace but it all looks different. And I think that's something that we have to learn not to not to not to get too hung up looking at each other and saying, "Oh man, Jesse seems to have it so easy. Like he's studying the same Bible I am and you know, he's going to church and all these things, you know." Mm-hmm. And he's out talking to people and it's his life seems so nice. He's got this nice car, beautiful family, but me, I'm trying to do the exact same thing and I'm struggling financially or, you know, I have health problems. Like, why does that not look the same? We really can't get caught up on the exterior and what we thought it should look like because we have to live by faith, Mm -hmm. living by faith in Christ. I mean, Mm -hmm. you saw what Paul did. Mm -hmm. The guy who's talking right here took some serious beatings for Jesus. Yeah. Well, it brings up a really good um, thought. The people that are going to, that we need to be accepting that come to, you know, that come to worship with us or want to come seek the truth, you know, they're all going to have that. They're, you know, we have to accept that their faith will, might not look as tidy as people around us. Like, we're comfortable, we're getting our niche. And we've talked about this before season one. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, about, is, is, are, are we messy enough? I think that was the what we titled that, that episode. And, um, you know, people are going to come with all sorts of different... Um, different uh trials that they've already had to come through in their life to get where to get to the point they're at to be still wanting to study the word of god and um and we might look at them and say well i think these people are doing something wrong because look how look how hard their faith has been for them like how Mm. hard their life's been like their faith must not be as good or somehow judging out of the situation right so in my mind the same thing you know we can't hold ourselves compare ourselves with someone you know that might seem like they have it better than us but we can also hold that against someone that looks like they've got it worse than us that's a good good point mm-hmm. um what you're saying earlier daniel and you're talking about you know the seed and the parable of the sower 
and whatnot, which is kind of interesting because I was thinking about um, this verse here in uh, John chapter 12, 23. And uh, Jesus says that the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. To me, that really kind of ties things together in a lot of ways. Because the, this, the idea you know, of Jesus, the grain of wheat that falls onto the ground and dies... Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yeah, un- unless the seed's dead, it's never going to produce anything, right? But once it's dead and planted in the ground, up can spring life. And the same goes for uh, for us in our baptism. You know, unless we also die and come back, you know, through baptism, back up to life. And what, are we going to sprout from there? You know, are we going to grow from there? Daniel's, Daniel's about to disagree with me. Well, I'm not going to disagree with you. I, I, that might be reading a little bit into... Because I think in the, the verse in John that you just read, Jesus is specifically talking about himself. Right. Like I think he's clearly referring to himself and his death and his resurrection. Mm-hmm. I think ours looks differently because when we come into contact with that... Like, that's our resurrection as well, right? And yes, you're right that we have to die, and we do, and we mm-hmm. come up in newness of life, and that's right. when we have the ability to bear fruit. But again, to the parable of the sower, that doesn't always work out that way. Mm-hmm. Like, that sprout can get pulled up out of the ground. That sprout can wither and die. Mm-hmm. Um, so it depends on the heart that it falls on, right? And we'll talk about that later, I think. Yeah. But you have to die. But you yeah. do have to die. That's the whole point. That's what baptism is. That's the spiritual death. Right, yeah. So, I mean, that's what I was trying to really, I mean, that's what I'm saying. And when, as we're baptized as Christians and come up, you know, we we have that newness of life. Yeah. And and the rest of the verse says, you know, he who loves his life will lose it. Um, and, you know, later he says, if anyone serves me, let him follow me. And that's where, that's where it matters, right? Mm-hmm. So that's where... Either you are going to flourish, and so you come up out of the ground, you have this newness of life. So if you serve him, if you follow him, there you will be also, right? right. I mean, that's the end of the story. That's that's the success story. Well, that's a big story is the follow him part. That's the part where it gets, like, that's the part where not many will, you know, you will say to me, Lord, Lord, but not that many are going to enter in the kingdom of heaven, right? It's doing the will of the Father. It's it's the following. That's hard. That's the part that we struggle with, I think, a lot of the times. Because like, just reading the verses and being like, okay, yeah, all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. Sure thing. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Got it. Repent and confess and be baptized and walk in newness of life. Great. I've done all those things. Well, now it's three years later on a Tuesday morning... And you're stuck in traffic on your way into work of a job that you don't really care too much about. And you've got a list of bills a mile long, a stack of bills a mile long. And you've got 
a leaky toilet and you've got car repairs and the life starts to grind at you. That's when the following gets really hard. Mm -hmm. That's when the following seems like one more thing I got to do. So remembering that walk by faith, remembering that we've been crucified with Christ and that we're going to mess it up a lot. (laughs) But then we can remember also what Paul says in Philippians 3. When he says, I do not count, Philippians 3 and verse 13. Well, go back to verse 12. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which Jesus Christ has also laid hold for me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That's how we do it. That's how we follow him. That's how we, on that lousy Tuesday morning, that's how we serve him. You know, that's how we obey that instruction in John chapter 12. Is we forget what's behind, we let go of those things, but we keep our eyes on the the ultimate goal. We remember what we're really trying to do. And that's spend eternal life with God. Hey, thanks for listening to Seeker. Find us at seekerpodcast.com. Check out our website to get more information about the Seeker Project. Also check out our blog and some other information we have there as well. Thank you, my friends. Have a good one.